The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The government may have prevailed yesterday evening by 83 votes to 68, but there will be no let-up on the pressure piled on by the opposition as two Doyle votes on the evictions ban are to take place next week. Sinn Féin will attempt to introduce legislation extending the ban and Labour will seek a no-confidence vote. Now, joining me to discuss all of this, Philip Ryan, political editor with the Irish Independent, Jim O'Callaghan, Fianna Fáil TD for Dublin Bay South and the party spokesperson on justice, and Michael Healy-Ray, independent TD for Kerry. Good morning, one and all. Um, Philip Bryan, we'll go to you first just to get the uh, fallout from yesterday's vote because it's not over. No, look, there's a, a long bit to run in this one yet, Pat. Um, yeah, look, that, that was a private member's motion. Uh, there was a lot of work put into to even getting as far as they did, the government there in that point, um, because they had to get these votes from the, the regional independents. And that came at a, a price while, while uh, they... Uh, spin it as it's it's quite reasonable and there were measures that they were kind of looking at anyway it's still something that they had to do it's still something that they um that 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 they had to put forward to ensure that there was the vote and and the forthcoming votes are going to be a little bit more trickier like the first one is going to be the the like you say a motion of no confidence which is being tabled by the labor party and then subsequent to that Sinn Féin through Ono Brin is actually drafting a private member's bill which will be a, a piece of legislation rather than uh, just a, a, a essentially a meaningless motion as we had last night and this would be a, a piece of legislation that the the, the, the government and, and the supporting independents will, will have to decide whether they can hold this stance on on something that could if it were to pass through technically speaking could become law and could see the eviction ban reimposed okay because they didn't have to pay any attention to the motion yesterday even if they had lost it political uh, obviously punishment uh, would be doled out if they'd lost the vote but uh, they didn't but in the event of, of a loss no matter but next week, were they to uh, were the Sinn Féin vote to succeed, then that would be law. Exactly. Yeah, the, the a private member's motion is a, a little bit of political theatre, for for want of a better description. Um, it's a, it's a, me- a mechanic mecha- mechanism for the opposition to to hold the government to account, to to make them put their hands up and uh, show show their cards as such uh, on on various legislation and policy mm-hmm. decisions they make. But like you said, it's not binding. Um, the outcome, if they had won, lost, or draw, yes, they it didn't really matter for people facing the eviction. Yeah. But if Sinn Féin, I'm not sure if it's next week or the week after possibly, do put down a piece of legislation, there will be more emphasis then on not the, the government backbench TDs and the, uh, and ministers, whoever else, along with the, the regional independents who are now supporting him. You, you would wonder if that support will, will remain as strong if it comes down to an actual piece of legislation which could make a difference. Now, um, Nasser Harrigan uh, is thrown out of the party, uh, but will be back if all goes well in time for the next election. Yeah, um, back in June 2024, I think is the date that they're aiming for. Um, I think that'll be just after the the local elections, really, um, if they're held in May. Um, I could be wrong. But yeah, that's a a long suspension. I see some of our colleagues are on social media giving out about the the length of the suspension. Even former Green Party whip Dan Boyle was saying he thought it was too too strong um, of a punishment for the, the the crime of voting against the government for I think it's the third time now so I, I think others in the party will say like look we're in this together or supposedly in this together we, we've entered this government we signed off on the Good Friday or that <laughs> on the program for government and and Nasa Hergen was was one of the architects of that um, document and she was 
she she was in the negotiations and she put forward her party's uh, positions and and uh, is now uh, objecting to a lot a lot of the things that the government she's part of is proposing and is pushing through look it's difficult being in a coalition you don't get to do everything you want to do as a party and compromises have to be make made and it seems for for nasa this was a one compromise too far or a third compromise too far now uh, the the government might have hoped that uh, airbnb legislation would alleviate the housing problem but the european commission has kicked that down the road uh, to uh, december at the earliest before uh, they will adjudicate on whether the proposed law uh, is is reasonable or not um, mm. so no sucker there for the government no look this is another one of the the various and many measures that the government were looking at to try do something to stabilize the housing market in ireland to get more properties out there for people to to rent and buy was uh, the onset of the the airbnb or the short-term letting um property which has become huge in recent years and kind of um with a lot of technology was ahead of was ahead of policy was ahead of where governments were at mm. and there's been kind of a scramble to regulate for the sector now and it's just not going according to plan uh, this one comes under tourism minister Catherine Martin and uh, she had promised that the legislation would have been in uh, I think it was the end of next month or during April anyway but uh, because the EU is looking at similar uh, directives around this and, and putting in place their own kind of uh, EU-wide regulatory framework, this is going to be delayed yet again. And there will be no register, uh, official register of Airbnb properties, which which people will eventually have to sign up to and pay the appropriate taxes, etc., which come with letting out a property <clears throat> on a regular basis. And like not signing up to this register, but I mean, the, the whole the idea of this was not to regulate the sector, but to try to get more properties back into long-term letting rather than short-term letting. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And because whether or not that that could ever be done, you know, telling people what to do with their own property, um, given you know the the automatic nature of being paid by Airbnb clients compared to maybe the unreliability potentially of being paid by a, a long-term letter because the Airbnb people, they have the credit card details. If any damage is done, it's recouped, all that sort of stuff. Um, sure. You can see why some of the people would be attracted to it. And the final political difficulty, I suppose, is the intervention from the Minister for Older People, Mary Butler, who does not support the changes to the fair deal regime, whereby those who have vacant houses because they're in nursing homes could accrue all of uh, the rent without it contributing to the cost of their care. And she made a point that 70% of people in nursing homes have dementia. So yeah. they would have capacity issues in giving the nod to this and mm. they don't want to be landlords. They're perfectly, as con they're as content as they can be without the added burden, perhaps, of making some sort of a decision which they're not capable of making. Yeah, this is a, a long-running battle between the two departments, between Department of Housing and the Department of Health, on the Fair Deal scheme and what kind of contribution the Fair Deal scheme can make back, I suppose, into the the housing crisis that we've had. Mary Butler has always had this stance. Um, you might remember, Pat, that at one stage, any rental income, 80% of it had to go towards your Fair Deal contributions to pay for your state nursing home fare. That was reduced down to uh, 40 in, the, in uh, only as recently as November. And even at that point, Mary Butler had her concerns about essentially people being taken advantage of in their older years by maybe family members, relatives, or whoever has a, 
um, oversight of their care or their financial affairs and that people might be prematurely put into nursing homes so family members could start renting out houses um, knowing that it would be an additional source of income for themselves and it wouldn't have to go towards their uh, their loved one's estate care. So that that is the issue there. On the flip side of that, as far as the housing minister himself goes and the Department of Housing looks at it, we need houses and there's a lot of houses out there that have been lying empty because people are in uh, state care are, are under the fair deal scheme they're reluctant to put them on the rental market because they don't want to have to hand over they don't want someone in their home probably number one and number two if they are going down that route they don't want to have to hand over most of the money they make to the state and for families it means that they can hold on to the the, the family property for longer and then when someone possibly does uh, pass on well they'll have to make contributions on the sale of the house or um, they, they won't have thrown away money through uh, rental income look it's a, it's a battle that's going on there you have to take both sides it, it is an interesting one it, the other side of it as well of course is that the, the fair sale scheme needs to be funded and, and it has to be paid for an expensive scheme these nursing homes don't come cheap and whatever revenue we can get uh, needs to go towards that too. Yeah. All right, well, Philip, a very uh, complex fallout from uh, that eviction ban uh, vote yesterday. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Philip Ryan, political editor with the Irish Independent, listening to our conversation, Jim O'Callan of Fianna Fáil and Michael Healy Ray, Independent GD for Kerry. Um, f- first of all, Michael Healy Ray, uh, you voted with Sinn Fein on this one. Yes, you see. I would have looked at this vote last night as actually nearly like a vote of confidence. And for the past three years, the government have failed to reach their housing targets in every, in every way. And even one issue you touched on there, the whole attack that they're launching at the moment on Airbnb. The people involved in short-term lettings were minding their own business. They had developed small properties maybe adjacent to their own houses. They were paying tax. They were bringing people into, for instance, in County Kerry in rural areas. And the government decided to attack that industry instead of letting it alone. Now, in their wild imagination, they imagine that they will turn 12,000 people who are involved in short-term lets. They'll turn them around and make them, force them, rent out those properties long-term. Well, I can tell you here and now, on behalf of the people involved in Airbnb in Kerry, they will not do so. They will let their properties idle. They will put, use them in the future for family members rather than rent them long term. So all but why, why Michael? Doing... Because you yourself, I mean, there's no secret here. You uh, rent uh, more than a dozen properties out yourself. You don't seem to yes. have a problem with long term letting. So why would other people have uh, a problem in converting those short terms into long terms? Quite simply because of the fact it depends on what your personal setup is. And you're correct, the accommodation model that I have has always been long-term families, people who are on housing waiting lists, all of that type of housing. And uh, there are other people who specifically went into Airbnb because it suited them. And if it suits them, you can't force or legislate people down a road they don't want to go. The reason why I couldn't support the government last night and would not support them is quite simply because they failed miserably and they've had years and years to improve the lot of renters and of property owners. And the one thing that I'd like to dwell on for a second is the, the lack of support that has been there for people who are involved 
in the rental market. And, and I will tell you why. They've been continuously demonized. And what the government have been doing, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael and the Greens, they've been dancing to a tune that is being played by Sinn Féin. And you correctly stated there at the beginning that I voted for the Sinn Féin motion last night, which you could say I did. But I'll turn it another way. I voted against the government because I'm not dancing to Sinn Féin's tune and I will tell you why. I would accuse Sinn Féin of having done more harm to the housing market in Ireland than what good they could ever do because they're continuously demonising small builders, medium-sized builders, developers. You must remember, there is nothing wrong with having builders. There is nothing wrong with having developers. But we've created an environment in Ireland today where people don't want to go away and borrow money and develop land and build houses. And that's why we've just a housing scarcity. The houses won't fall out of the sky. But what these politicians have been doing, Pat, and this is a very important thing to note, the people who are shouting loudest inside in Dalairn about housing are the very politicians who have objected, not to hundreds, but in many cases, to thousands of homes being built in their own in their own constituencies, and be that student accommodation, homes that would have been there for families, homes that could have actually gone into our social housing programs, but they've objected to them, held them up, and it's a case of build houses, build houses, but don't build them in my backyard. Mm. And I think that's wrong. All right. Now, uh, Jim O'Callaghan, a a number of political difficulties facing the government going forward. Uh, The confidence motion, uh, one might expect that to be passed. Um, You know, it mightn't present the huge political difficulty, but uh, the Sinn Féin legislation extending the housing uh, eviction ban, uh, that could be thorny. Well, good morning, Pat. I think we got a good indication last night uh, with the vote as to what Dáil Éireann thinks in general about uh, extending the eviction ban. And like the vote uh, in favour of the government, it was a 15-vote uh, majority. I think it was probably larger than many of the opposition predicted. Yeah, but that, that, that was bought, in fairness, at a price. You know, when you have the, the rural TDs uh, voting uh, for the measure because it included proposals they made, and... When we talked about those eight proposals uh, with Dennis Nocton the other day, it seemed that any one of them, if not all of them, could actually have been implemented long before this. It it should not have required a special uh, motion to get those uh, things done. Well, those regional independents, they voted on the basis of what they thought was in the best interests of the country. They put forward an amendment themselves. The government looked at that amendment. And if government sees sensible amendments coming in, Pat, the government will support it. And that's what happened. And that's why they voted uh, for it. And obviously, there are many others who didn't vote for it. But the concern I have is that the complex issue of housing has been presented in a very simple form as a result of this issue that's going on. Like everyone recognises in Dáil Éireann that the extension of this ban is not a solution. It's not a long-term solution. And I know Michael isn't saying this, but some people are saying that it should have been extended until January 2024. But it was the decision government made, and it was a difficult decision, and all government TDs you know, are very conscious of the difficult circumstances that their constituents are in. But the decision government made was on the basis that the problem would have been worse had we extended this moratorium until January 2024. If that had happened, we certainly would have faced a deluge of landlords getting out of the market at that stage. And like every measure 
that we are trying to introduce has to have as its focus ensuring that we get more property, more supply into the market. And there's two issues you mentioned there, the Airbnb proposal that government put forward uh, late last year. And the purpose behind that, and I'm conscious Michael says Airbnb and Kerry, that's different, different, I would have thought, from Airbnb in Dublin, that there are 12,000 units that are being used for Airbnb that have been lost to the traditional rental sector. We have to not force people to put them back in, but try to put in place legislation or measures that will encourage them to put them back into the rental market. And the same applies in respect of the other factors. One of the problems, and Michael has adverted to it, you know, people feel they should be able to do what they want with their properties, you know, if they Airbnb, pay the taxes, pay any registration fee, because when they look, and we've had it again and again, the RTB, someone has someone who's not paying rent, 185 days passed, and still no hearing with the RTB, and no rent being paid. So, you know, when you have that kind of situation, people would say, income from Airbnb is better, number one, more reliable, number two. Well, People can make that decision, but also government can introduce measures to try to change human behaviour and try to change people going down the route of renting properties out to Airbnb. And so part of them is to try to make it more attractive for people to rent their, their properties out for longer tenancies. And also we're trying to do the same in respect of the uh, people who are in nursing homes. I listened to the discussion you were having there, but there are very many nurse houses and units around Dublin City in particular, which are lying vacant because the owners of the properties are in nursing homes and again government yeah. needs to introduce and measures you're, to you're to the justice people. spokesperson what about that whole question of capacity I mean people uh, can be venal uh, an income coming into a fair deal property who knows where the money goes it doesn't uh, have to be taxed now under the latest proposal so who's to say the relatives aren't snaffling it well, people are going to be venal no matter what government does. But at present, Pat, there are people who are in nursing homes who are in unfortunate states of dementia and life and death and important decisions are being made on their behalf by their family. So like those decisions are being made at present. Many of them have powers of attorney. Many of them have you know, transferred over the right to make decisions to members of their family. And I think we have to assume that decisions will be made in the best interests of the person who's in the nursing home. Like that's what's happening at present. If a power of attorney is executed, that'll be for the best interest of the person who's in the nursing home. But again, it's a part of a process of trying to encourage more properties back into the market. Like this Ultimately, it's the biggest political and social issue the country faces. In a way, I welcome the fact there's been such focus on it over the past number of weeks, but it's not going to be solved by a simple emotional solution. But Jim, when you have a minister for older people expressing reservations because of her concern about those older people, I mean, that's her brief. And And if she has concerns, they must be real. And listen, that's her prerogative. And I regret the fact that Mary Butler wasn't consulted in advance of this. She should have been. But I suppose we have to weigh up the different factors. There's the factors that Mary Butler is primarily focused upon, which is the protection of people in nursing homes and ensuring that there are funds available for the Fair Deal scheme. And then there's the other need and requirement of government to ensure that we get as many units and houses and apartments back into the rental sector. 
And I, politics is about making difficult decisions. I suppose one of the things that's apparent in the debate over the past three weeks is that people present politics in very simple terms. It's not simple. It's hard at times. And like the decisions that were made by government yesterday and government TDs, you know, we're not heartless people. We're not less virtuous than the people in the opposition. But sometimes in politics, you have to look to see, well, what's the long-term best policy decision to be made here? Yeah. And that's um, what government Here's, TDs a, here's a question for, for both of you, really, before we uh, terminate this. Uh, how many renters will be evicted onto the streets? Because opposition TDs won't outline all the alternatives new and established when they look for advice. In other words, tenants are saying, I'm facing an eviction order and you get opposition TDs and indeed government TDs will go to your local authority. The local authorities are saying, we have no provision. All the hotels are full of, of uh, you know, refugees, uh, asylum seekers and so on. And even those are going to be um, evicted from uh, some of that accommodation come the tourist season. Um, What are the alternatives? Uh, I mean, I know, Michael, you're not speaking for Sinn Féin, but I'd love to know, uh, you know, what is the alternative if people are evicted? Michael? Well, I work very, very closely with our local authority. I have great respect for our local authority, our housing department in Kerry County Council, and indeed the homeless section of that. And I can tell you straight up now that young couples who are facing having to leave properties, have nowhere to go. Now, you might say to me, well, in my practical common sense, what are they going to have to do? And I will tell you what they're going to have to do because I'll be meeting them over the weekend now at my clinics. And because of the fact that the traditional hostels and other accommodation units that the homeless section of the local authority would use, because they are full, What I'm actually saying now to couples is they will have no choice but to do what people did. If you can remember long ago, Pat, when you were a a young man growing up, uh, if there was an uncle, Johnny or an Auntie Mary who wasn't married and who had a house, there was nieces and nephews living with them Mm. because quite simply they didn't have anywhere else to go at that time. And we are going to see more and more of that. People having to go home to live with their parents who might already be living in overcrowded situations. And I'm dealing with this day to day because you're so correct in saying they can't afford the vast rents that are being looked for in many instances. And the fact that the accommodation availability just quite simply isn't there. The local authority can't help them. It's not that they won't help them. And people often say to me, oh, the council won't help me. That's not true. The council can't help them. If they could, they would. But you literally can't pull accommodation out. And uh, Jim, what, what do you say to people who come to you and say, I've nowhere to go? Well, that's a very difficult question, but what I, want, what I do say to people in the first instance is that simply because this moratorium and ban has been lifted, it doesn't mean that tenants have lost their rights under law or rights under the tenancy agreement. So this has been changed, so the eviction ban is gone, but still landlords are obliged to comply with the terms of the tenancy agreement, and they're obliged to comply with the laws that are there, and the laws are very specific as to the circumstances as to when a tenancy can be terminated legitimately. So like, this is not sort of a free-for-all for landlords to turn up and say, out. This is, an, you know, 
tenants still have their rights under the tenancy agreement and under the law. And, you know, I certainly think if there's any ambiguity on the part of a tenant, they shouldn't move. They should get that clarified. Seek legal advice in order before they can, uh, right. you know, We leave it themselves. there. Jim O'Callaghan, Fianna Fáil TD for Dublin Based South, a party spokesman on justice, and Michael Healy Ray, independent TD for Kerry. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.